Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. What's going on, Luca Nation? I'm having uh, I'm having some fun today. So you know, we had our uh, I think it's our last Spanish class here. I'm not totally sure, but uh, we had a graduation, so that was fun. Uh, this morning, I played around with some NFTs on Panini and Top Shot. So can you tell us something in Spanish? Give a give give Luca Nation all like a, give a sentence in Spanish. I mean, you had a whole class. This was your last class. You got to have learned a sentence, right? Yeah, of course. Me, me gusta uh, jugar fútbol. Me gusta. Wait, uh, what was the last word? Me gusta jugar what? Jugar fútbol. Fútbol. So you want to play football. football? I like to play football. And you don't want to you don't want to conjugate the verb jugar. Me gusta. You conjugate the first one. All right, I like it. So me gusta jugar football. So you 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 want to play football? Okay. No, I like to play football. You or, like to play football. Or me encanta hablar. Uh, amigo cage. Yeah, cone cage. Cone cage. I love I to that. talk sports, or I like to. T- I love to talk sports, uh, basketball, soccer, football, with my uh, friend Cage. You paid for this class? Watch this. You ready? This is free. Watch what I learned. Uno enchilada, por favor. I'm set. Nice. I know how to order. One enchilada, one, one enchilada please. One enchilada. Yeah, it was, it was good stuff. It was how good about stuff. this? You ready? Yo tengo ganas. What's that? What's the value here for Luca Nation? Uh, they, you are in Mexico, and this is proof of that. You took a, a, a real Mexican Spanish class. So <laughs> is there a different dialect that you learn when you're in Tulum? Like, I know it's not Castilian Spanish that you'd learn, like, if you were in Spain. Is it like a different dialect? Do you learn something different? Like does coyote mean something different there? I don't know what coyote means. But I'll tell you guys, do do this. Go to <laughs> well, my if you lose your passport, you might find out. Go to my uh, go to my Instagram page. On the story, you'll see there's five of us in the class. It's me, my buddy Brophy, the teacher, and uh Hofi and Yohai. So you could see we did the uh, a picture in front of the school. So it's right on the story for anybody out there who's uh, curious. Maybe I'll even post it in feed. Un foto en frente la escuela. Since you're in such a chipper mood. And <laughs> am, the, you're I'm right. Gonna, in la, I'm going to go with la escuela. What, what, should, what, what do you want to talk about on today's show? Oof, you know, we, we, you know we, we have so much fun stuff going on. You know, we really do. We have so much fun stuff going on. It's a Monday, and, you know, you always tell me, like, bring the energy, especially on a Monday, right? Because Monday's a chance to, you know, start it off right. Monday's always a chance. And I did not end off Sunday right. Not that we didn't deliver any episode. That was a great episode. And yours truly called it. Gary V was going to show up late. I did say it. But I ended last night by eating a pint of Haagen-Dazs. I let 
I let Luca Nation fit fam down yeah. and I and I, I I just slammed it and went right to sleep, which is like the worst thing you could do. You know, I'm trying to eat healthy here and the whole deal. So listen, you know, sometimes we stumble and we fall. But, you know, it's about getting back up. Like the, the words of the infamous Rocky Balboa, right? Rocky Balboa, the infamous, he says, it's not about, it's not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. And that's my, that's my topic for you, right? So this market, man, this market... We were up. We were riding high. We were rocky. We, we had the eye and the tiger. We were winning. We had just beat Club Lang. We took out Drago. You know, we were, we were killing him. We, we were riding high, right? And then we, we, we took Rocky Five, which was like a real downer, right? That was basically February to like this month, right? Rocky Five, you know, with, with, with Tommy the Machine Gun. Yo, Tommy, I don't hear no bell. Right? It was just, it was a bad moment in the Rocky franchise, like one that they would like to forget, sort of like Godfather 3. Um, and, and it looks like, it looks like we could see the sun. We look like we could see the sun through the trees, right? We look like we, you know, the sun's coming out of the clouds here. Like, oh, wow. Like maybe there is some, some, the fog is lifting. Maybe the, the light at the end of the tunnel, up. light at the end of the, whatever saying you want to use, give me a saying in Espanol, por favor. So, uh, actually on your point of it's, it's not about getting hit. It's about getting back up. Yeah. Tim Grover. So he was, he wrote a book uh, called winning and I haven't read it, but I've watched a few of his interviews. Uh, I'm by plan to read it, but one of it was make sure to get up, but get up a different person. So stay down long enough to learn from your mistakes because yeah. don't just keep getting back, back up and getting hit. Don't keep getting back up and getting hit without learning. Grover said that I was like Ralph cause he played the piano. I mean, Grover's a, a fool, man. He was like, you know, he put on the super capes and he would fly into buildings and stuff. That sounds a pretty smart thing for a guy. Grover, Grover was always like, he was always getting mashed up. So it seems finish, like we're talking past each other on, on finish, the first five minutes of today's episode. To, to finish my point, right? So we hear what is there a way for Luca Nation to take advantage of the fact that the market might be turning up uh, and that there are things that are kind of like maybe still lagging that market, you know what I mean? And that we can maybe take advantage of. You know, when the market was up, we came on here, we talked about like dibs and we didn't understand it. And we said, wow, that Ronald Acuna card's worth 500 bucks. Yep. But you go on dibs, it's $27,386 for, for a piece of the pie. Remember the whole pie versus the piece of the pie thing, right? Well, now the full pie of a lot of these cards has gone down significantly. And obviously the slices followed suit, right? The slices <laughs> of the pie came down too. So is there a reverse? I think I'm not picking up what you're putting yeah, down. I, I, so I, Cage, is, Cage is seeing me up for my play today. I, I didn't go. expect it to come this early in the episode. No, because the whole use... episode should be about this. It's about learning from the markets, watching market trends. This is sure. important stuff. So go for it. So I'll talk specifically about collectible, but I think it makes sense to have an account on all three platforms, Otis, Collectible, and Rally. But let, let's use an example. Let's use the example of the Mantle 8 card that sold two weeks ago, I think it was last week, right? So you guys have to remember these fractional share companies, they report to the SEC. So they have trading hours. They trade during the week, Monday through Friday, and they usually allow for collectible I know is from 3 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern. Well, that's interesting because auctions, most of the best auctions like Golden, end on a Saturday night or a Sunday night or a Friday night typically. Is that right, Cage? Yep. Yeah, so, use a weekend, yep. So let's use the, the, the Mantle 8, for example. The Mantle 8 was uh, a highly sought-after card. It was $1.1 million at its peak. Then it dropped back down to uh, maybe $1.3 million at its peak. Then it dropped down to two sales in the 800000 Then back into the million. And the last sale was a beautiful, a beautiful Mantle 8 sold for $2.2 million. 
So now let's fast forward. What happened the Monday after? The Monday after, at 3 p.m. Eastern, the fractional share companies, uh, the investors on those fractional share companies, bid up the fractionalized version of that card, 20, 30, 40% over two, three days. Now, it's not an efficient market. So um, what, what, I, what you can do, and I couldn't do it last week, but I did it today and I'll get into that, is you could place uh, an order, kind of like a market order or a limit order. And as soon as the trading window opens at 3 p.m. Eastern, it tries to fill your order based on if there's seller uh, bids available. Pretty straightforward. So as soon as that happened, the card got bid up. I think it was the share price of the Mantle 8 was like $14. It got bid up to $20 in a span of 30 minutes. That's one example of a Mantle card, PSA 8, that ended in a golden auction. And immediately the next Monday morning or next Monday afternoon got bid up 40% on fractional. Now let's use that same example. You guys know the, the Jordan card sold for 840000 one of the nicest cards there, there are out there of that Jordan. And we're going to talk about something in a bit. But the same thing happened. So today, I, I, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on uh, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I wasn't going to allow the same mistake to happen. So I had money in my fractional account. And I said, as soon as the market opens, I put an order before market open for the Jordan PSA 10 that they have on the fractional site. When that Jordan 10 IPO'd, it was a $600,000 card around February, March. Then it dipped back down to, I think it was 25, 26, closed on Friday at 26 and a quarter. And then it's already been been bid up to 38 bucks. Okay? 38 bucks. The secondary market is valuing it at $380,000 to call Exactly. Right? It okay. closed on Friday at 260K value. Now it's at 380K is what the card is valued at. And we'll see. This is just what I'm recording this maybe 17 minutes after the market opened. So it's, it's up almost 50%. At 39, yep. it'll be 50%. So, yep. you know, it's like buying Tesla and and it going up 50% in a day. It's, I mean, it's, and, and let me ask, um, did it open at the 26 that it closed at or did it open higher than that? So it's, it's not like open and closed in that same, in the way you think about it. There are bids and asks oh, okay. and there's just a spread between the two. So one thing I don't know is if can, can sellers remove bids over the weekend after they've closed, after the market's closed. So w- what there was cage is there's just like layers of asks. So there was asks at 31 bucks, asked at 32 bucks, asked at 33, and it blew through all of those. And then there was a big wall, uh, thirty-eight dollars uh, of like thirty or forty shares at thirty-eight bucks. So it's it's sitting at that thirty-eight mark right now. Okay, so you know people who own that in the secondary market who owned it at twenty-six dollars can now sell it for thirty-eight if someone if someone clicks buy, if mm-hmm. someone clicks bid. So it's a bit nasty, just like just like stocks. Interesting. Just like stocks, and and here's what I think I'm seeing. Right before National is garnering a lot of media attention. I've never been to National, and I'm curious, Cage. I don't think you have either. But the media attention, like Ronaldinho, is now going to to uh, to National. Um, Gary's going to National. Big players are going to National. Rob goes doing an NFT, did an NFT sale where he's going to have a dinner at National. So the 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 media attention at National and kind of the surrounding. I, I don't even know if it's like uh, the anticipation, I think is the word I'm looking for, has also had an effect on prices. It, 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 that's literally what demand is, right? It's anticipation. So the demand has caused card prices to kind of perk back up and it's trickling into modern, but hasn't hit modern as much. Uh, but I also think that has to do with fractional. And I think that that's going to 
occur in the next few weeks leading up to national as well. So I would take a look. What are some auctions that are closing this weekend? I have no doubt that the auctions that are closing this weekend will also have some record highs that will be announced at national or that will be discussed at national. And there's the fractional counterpart, whether that's on Otis, on Rally, or on Collectible, the fractional version, the pizza slice that Cage mentioned to the pizza. There's some opportunities there. There's some real opportunities there. And they're so funny that they're so simple in your face. You don't have to buy a card. You have to go on eBay. You don't have to have it shipped. Just deposit some money, click a few buttons, learn the platform, of course. Only do this if you're educated in fractional. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's smart, and I think it's a really smart way to just deploy 5 or 10% of your entire capital, not all of it. Um, here's why I think it's cool, right? So a couple things. You were talking about the auctions ending, but if you watch the market kind of ebb and flow, right? So when fractional got huge here earlier in the year is when the golden auction in February and the market peak and the whole nine yards and everybody was like, wow, look at the money, look at the money. And, you know, the fractional share, you have these pieces of it, the whole deal. Well, the market has gone down with these cards. You know, you saw the Jordan card that you're talking about today at now a valuation of $380,000, right? That, that, you know, it was selling in the twos. I think one sold for as low as 217. It came down, yep. down, down. And as the, it basically is kind of like almost like a lagging indicator, right? It's almost like, a, you know, it's trailing the, the actual, um, you know, price of these things. And, you know, I would venture to say that there's probably going to be, if the market is going to perk back up, almost everything now in the fractional world is going to be a little lower than what the next sale price is going to be. Sure. And it looks like the fractional lags the actual tangible asset, right? So go ahead. So, so the real question, the real strength an investor needs to ask or figure out is how much does it lag, right? That's the true question. How, lo how long and how does it take for the market to catch up the fractional to the, the card market? Uh, because everything is really a lagging measure, right? Like stock prices are a lagging measure to earnings, but it just gets priced in almost instantly when it comes to Amazon um, and those stocks because institutional money comes in and trades before the markets. Here, we all in theory have a fair share uh, of jumping on board with that lagging measure. So you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, it's the ability to jump in basically. That's the key. You know I mean? That's, I, I mean, I really like it, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if you think that fractional for the most part is made up of, of higher end stuff and that higher end stuff is about to kind of reverse trend or it's about to start moving back up, then almost all of it could potentially yeah. be seen as a, you know, a bargain opportunity, you know? There's two ways to play it too, guys. So you could be a little bit more gambling-esque. And let's say you there's five auctions of cards that are ending with golden that are also uncollectible. You can buy in on, on the Friday or the Thursday before and already list them for sale. Or it's not really for sale, but you could already create uh, asks on Monday morning that are significantly higher. And literally over the weekend kind of profit, you know, buy the bid on Friday create an ask on Monday and just hope for the auction to close at uh, record highs or, or not even record highs, higher than previous sales. Uh, record highs just get a, an extra layer of attention. Or like I did today, which was a little bit more reactive, you can buy in already with the information of, hey, that Jordan 10, it closed at a record price of 840. I'm going to go to uh, collectible and buy at 3 p.m. Eastern as soon as the market opens. There's kind of two ways to play it. 
I mean, I like it. I definitely do. Um, you know, but this, listen, there's a lot of research that has to go into this. I mean, that's the key, right? That's, you know, um, you know, you monitor the monitor, the sales monitor, what's going on. And, you know, then look for something yeah. that, you know, that has been beaten down and is yep. now catching up to where, you know, where it otherwise, you know, uh, would be or should be. Understanding uh, how to create bids and asks also like just the fundamental of like buying, uh, buying stocks. Yeah. You, know, you could create a few orders, right? Like, let's say you have a thousand bucks in your account. You could create one order at a price of 30, one order at a price of 35, and another order at a price of 38. So you could kind of, uh, if you're buying, you know, kind of dollar cost average, because there, it, it, there's not a ton of shares available either. So you, you, you might not get filled at 30, but you still want to get filled at 33 or 35. So, so there is that level of also understanding kind of how to place an order, but it, it, it's all manageable. There's a ton of resources on the internet. Um, hopefully fractional becomes a little bit more a part of culture. So, you know, we could put out more educational, informational, uh, messages to kind of educate the audience on fractional. Right. It's a new industry. Cage. Um, yep. If you were an owner of 10 Michael Jordan PSA 10s and mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're a millionaire, you got some money behind you. Would you have bought that, um, that Jordan 10 for 840 K? It depends, right? You know, it's more than that, right? If I have 10 of them, um, you know, and money is no object, maybe. Because now that's more, that's like, you know, that's, that's a really cool looking thing. So listen, guys, there's always been differentiators. There's always been, you know, fun stuff. I remember a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe, um, when the Jordan PSA 10 was about $150,000 card. Let's call it that, right? So 100, 150 last year. Um, one of the handful, I think there's three, BGS 10 Michael Jordan's circulated it, 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 you know, it popped its head up and someone made a $750,000 offer for it and it was rejected. Right. So and that was like a five X of what the, what the regular PSA 10 was valued at. I can only imagine what, you know, like a BGS 10 of the Jordan would sell for now. Right. That's the same thing you're seeing with this demarcation. And am I allowed to, am I allowed to do a little cageism here? Can I go off on a cage tangent? You can, you can bring this train back on the tracks because I do. I, I love the point, and I don't want to lose sight of the fractional, the opportunity of fractional. Because as much as we talked about, you know, fractional being uh, an interesting thing to me in the beginning, and that I would just buy the whole pie instead of buying two slices of the pie for the same price as the whole pie, right? It has gone reverse, and now you can get the pie. You know, you, you can get the, you can actually get enough slices that add up to the total of the buy, you know, for, for cheaper than it should be. So that I don't want to miss the point here, okay. you know, where, so, so I get it. Right. So like it, you know, now you're sitting at a situation where the eight slice pie, one slice of the pie is actually costing one tenth, you know? So it's, so before I get to my play and my, my talking point of the day, I want to talk about something that we started when we talked about uh, PSA and golden. And I said how, you know, they came out and they said it's going to be an arm's length deal. It's going to be an arm's length transaction. It's going to be one of those things, right? And that don't worry about it. You know, there'll be no favoritism shown whatsoever to Golden and and blah, 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 blah. And one of the things that I said was that if I were PWCC now or any other auction house, I would lean on my card designations, my ability to now decipher what's a good 10, what's a bad 10, what's a, and PWCC has their, their, you know, their striations, right? Their E's, their S's, their A's, you know, their, their PWCC grade within a grade, let's call it. Let's coin a term, the grade within a grade, right? And 
I said how Golden will have a tough time now doing a good enough job in their descriptions saying, you know what, this one, everything's where it should be. Or, you know, this one's a nice version of the card for the grade. You know, like everything, the, the corners are good. Or, you know, they can't really say the corners are pretty bad. You usually see better corners on a PSA 9, right? Because can they say that? Are they going to take shots at PSA? Are they going to take shots at a company that is now, you know, under the same type of umbrella as them? And one step further, if you're Ken Golden, now um, Ken has a great life, right? Ken's going to play soccer with Ronaldinho while you're getting the autographs from both of them on the jersey, right? So, 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 so Ken's got a great life. He's doing great. I, you know, he's worked hard. And he's doing his stuff. But half of me on on the weekend was sitting there thinking to myself, I wonder if Ken's angry. I wonder if Ken is sitting there saying. I no longer have the record price for Michael Jordan, and it's going to be difficult for me to regain it because I can't have a golden ABC. Can he do that? Can he have what PWCC has? Because now it sounds like the market might be looking for that. The market might be asking for that. The market obviously reacted and, and gave a price premium for a PWCCS, right? The top 5%. You know, if Ken wanted to do golden ABC, you know, like there, this is this ten is a ten A, a golden A, or a golden B. Can he do that, or is that a smack in the face of PSA? And 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 you're saying to PSA, you know, guys, a ten's not a ten. I mean, it's interesting, right? Here's where I go with it. So it's not enough like to just have a good idea. You have to execute it on it properly. So that little diamond sticker that people put that people put on the card, mm-hmm. that to me is a good idea poorly executed. PWCC with their designations is a good idea of really professionally executed, in my opinion. They but, see I it mean, on the cards as an auction house, and they have these de- designations. I think it's top 25%, top 15 and top 5%. Yeah, they have the top, top 5, top 15, top 20%. So, so, so it's almost like a certificate of authenticity that comes with a signature, because I think you could remove it, that sticker or yeah, you can. Yeah. at any time. It doesn't do anything to the aesthetic of the card, but it gives the card a special designation saying, Hey, we see a lot of this type of card, or we've seen a good amount of it. We believe that out of all of the cards in circulation, this is a top 5% of all those. This is a top 15. So it's a good idea, and it's well executed. So the whole ABC, I think Ken Golden can execute. PSA can do it. They just have to do it the right way. All right. Well, I think the problem with executing it is that Ken is going to get PSA 10s in his auction, and have to have a bright line demarcation and basically say this 10 is better than that 10. And does that look good for the uniformity of grading for PSA? Is that a good look for PSA? I mean, look, we all kind of know not every 10 is the same, right? But, you know, if I'm PSA, I'm maybe trying to dissuade Ken from doing that. And if I'm PWCC, I, I would be shouting this sale from the rooftops. You think if you're a PSA, you dissuade Ken from doing that? I do. I Is do that because you as PSA still think of yourselves as a grading company and not a market maker? Correct. To me, they're clearly be, they're clearly positioned as a market maker. Right, but it hurts the market they're making if there are tens that are going to sell for less than other tens. And yes, they're making, a, they're making a market. The market is based on the grades that they're giving out. So the grades have to have some, you know, they have to have some uniformity. Otherwise, what's the point of the, the clarity and liquidity of one through 10? And remember, PSA is grading way more um, 
you know, okay. Luca prisms with liquid tens that star stock is uh, uh, that, that's uh, that stock X and all these you know platforms are going to be based on. And once you start getting into the, Hey, is this a good 10? Is this a 10, a 10 B 10 C you lose the ease of use of PSA. You lose that whole, like it's a 10 or it's a nine. And then you have the liquidity of the sale. You know, you, you don't want to have to have now these, these, you know, comic book style, 9.8, 9.6, 9.4, 9.2, you know, uh, sort of grading on these things. At least I don't want that. But, but PWCC should be hanging their hat on that, right? And I mean, look, the cynic in me is saying, if I were PWCC, I would rig that. I would rig that auction. That's the cynic in me, because if I were them, I'd be talking about how great it is and how they're the only auction house that's doing it, and that Golden can't do it. So it's just enough that they're doing it. Like I think they've done it really well. Like I really like the the way that they have those. Uh, exceptional superior like i like the look of it too like i i don't know what look what the look of what i mean there's no difference they don't do anything to the slab you know if you win exactly. one of those, if you win one of those they send a card with it it's like a little thing that has like a little sticker on it that says e it's got a whole it's almost the same type of thing right it's like you know i have like i have an e it says e and they've also changed it it used to be different letters also so it's not that old listen the, the point is not to crap on it the point is to say if this is where we're headed you know i, I think you know golden may have a difficult time doing it and maybe i'm an idiot maybe i'm wrong guys let me know right maybe maybe it, it's a known fact already that there are clearly better tens than there are other tens and ken would be doing that anyway i mean this was the first reaction i had to their to their taking over i read like a mickey mantle description it's like hey this one has great corners this one is this is a really nice copy for a 10 like that's what an that's or this is a really nice copy for a seven that's what you expect from an auction house and i don't know whether or not if i'm ken i give second thought about doing that like like would i really say in here i can't this one's a seven on the slab but really it's it's only like a six you know what I mean? Like this one, you know, it's really off center. I don't know what the grader was thinking here. Like, obviously no one writes that in an auction, but you understand the point, right? Like you know, when you write it in the notes, you're, you become, you begin to compare apples to oranges. When you have designations like PWCC has, you're starting to compare apples to apples on top of apples to apples. If that makes sense, you're comparing no, oranges to oranges on top of apples to apples in the sense that Listen, like, I understand it. I, I, I understand it entirely. It's just one of those things. Right. So, so you asked, would I buy that card? Maybe, 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 you know, it, it, right now, most people would not pay that kind of a premium for it. I, I don't think. Right. So, so from an investment standpoint, I don't think I'd be buying it. Right. Because you know, that that's difficult. I mean, look, this guy may have a plan. He may be a BGS fan, the guy who bought it, and he may say, "You know what? This I, I have the top five percent. It's clearly a gorgeous card. I'm gonna send it over. I'm gonna fly to Texas and I'm gonna put it in a BGS black label. But maybe that's his plan. I I don't know, you know. And maybe because of that, he paid a premium because he knows that if it gets in a black label, it's a, it's a, it's a little off center, top to bottom, but seven yeah. figure card. But yeah, who knows? You know what I mean? Like I, I don't I know what his plan is, but I don't think I would do it. So. um I wouldn't pay that. So that was a big premium to pay. But yeah. simultaneously, Cage, someone who's coming into this market pretty fresh, has a fresh eye. Mm -hmm. um, as much as every PSA 10 should be the same, we know that that's inherently not going to be the case because no two cards really are the same, especially when you take into consideration that they're 35, 40 years old. So I think that there should be some way not dead center in the middle of a card with a diamond, 
but some way to designate, because that card looked beautiful, Cage. The color on that was so much more vivid than other PSA 10s of Jordan that you've seen. And that deserves a premium because it's a better version of that card. Okay. I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, it makes total sense. I, I, I like it. I mean, listen, we, we, everybody's looking for a way to say theirs is better. We talked about this already, right? I just, you know, there is there's a tipping point of what I would pay, right? You know, if if one sells for 384 the same night as this premium one, am I really paying more than double? You know, if, if we if we say, okay, a decent copy is worth 384 and I have $800,000, am I buying two decent copies or one exceptional copy? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a difficult call. Right, it's a difficult call. I might go with the two. I mean, as long as they're not the bottom five percent too. Um, so my play, very very straightforward. We'll go right into it, guys. Um, he's not back yet. Um, no rehab assignment yet. But this is the exact time I want you guys to look at his stuff, right? Uh, because you did not get the news articles and your fantasy thing that he's on rehab or that he's out. But you're going to get that soon, right? Because he's very close to fully recovered. He was on the sixty day IL. Um, if you wanted to lever back into Mike Trout. This is the time to do it before he gets called back up, before he's coming back in, before he's playing alongside of, um, you know, Shohei, who's getting all the attention in the world. Um, Joe Adele did not get called up, but the other uh, rookie there, Angels top outfield prospect Brandon Marsh did. Um, you know, no one even knows who he is, so no big deal. You know, he's got some, he's got some decent power. Uh, that team, you know, looks like um, typical. You know, they're, they'll be okay, but they're not actually going to win a championship this year. That said, Trout, if you look at Trout's cards, um, you don't have to go back to February. Just do a nice, reasonable comparison. Go back to the towards the end of April before before he got hurt. He got hurt in, in May. Go back to the end of April, and I'll just use for measuring because you can pick whatever Trout card you want. The, the The play here is getting in on Trout now before it's too late and his prices go right back up. I always look at the rookie, the 2011 Tops Update PSA 10, right? So there's a US 175. I think it's the number on it, right? If you go back into the end of April, that card was selling for $4,500. Every auction above four, forty five hundred. I saw some forty eight and forty nine, but let's just do forty five hundred. In the last week, they've sold at auction for under three thousand, right? So, so, am I saying it's going to go all the way back up to where it was? No, he was having a good start of the season. Obviously, it sucks that he got injured. I think he's going to come back. You're not buying that card because you think he's going to win the MVP this year because he's been out too long to do that. Plus, his teammate pretty much has a stranglehold on it. Vlad Guerrero might win the triple crown and not win. Um, MVP this year, but this may be your last time to get in on Trout this cheap. When he starts playing again, I expect a bump. Um, you know, and a ten percent bump on a card like this gets it back up to thirty three hundred. Uh, you know, that's three hundred bucks out of nowhere. I'm not saying this is the card you have to buy for your play. It's it's my favorite Trout card, so that's the card I would be looking at. Um, but any of his cards, any of his rookie cards, any cards of Trout that you wanted to get in on, it's very rare. <laughs> Andrew likes to say this all the time, and you know I kind of scoff at it, right? Because if you're a stock investor, you're like, "Oh man, I want to find the next big thing. I want to, I want to get in that that NFT before it pops. You know, I want to get in something and be the one that found it, right?" It's not as sexy to buy Amazon when it has that one bad quarter, or buy you know Apple when it has that one bad quarter. But you know what happens after it has that bad quarter? It's probably the best time to buy. Yeah, more often than not, you're buying what Andrew likes to say is you're buying a quality asset at a discount. And those quality assets, they're not often discounted. And Mike Trout is down 
basically 50%, you know, I mean, that's what it's down 1500 from 40, but down a third. So it's down, you know, from 4,500 to, to, to uh, 3000, it's down 33%. He's injured. And you know, that obviously is going to take a card down that he's going to come back. And you know what happens guys. As soon as people start reading headlines that he's coming back, the card will go up even before he gets on the field. So if you were looking for a time to get in on drought, now is that time. I wrote a funny comment on the internet. I think it was someone was doing a and a, I can't remember who, but um, it was the, does adding Trevor Lawrence to the Jaguars bring up the value of Jacksonville wide receivers like LaVisca Chenault. My guy, that was my play. LaVisca Chenault. Who else has given you guys LaVisca Chenault as a play? And you know what's funny? I gave that play and I got a message from somebody, a Luca Nation member who will not be named. And it was, you know, not real venom, not real fire. It was like, damn it, you know, he's actually really good. And I've been stocking up on his stuff. And now I'm not going to be able to anymore because you gave it as a play. <laughs> so there are people out there who, uh, you know, who buy these guys, these, these, bargain, these bargain wide receivers. And yeah, it definitely will help them. Come on now. 100% is going to help. Now, I mean, I liked Gardner Minshew, so Trevor Lawrence has a big hill to climb with me. I was a huge Minshew fan. I was, I bought, to, I bought into Minshew mania totally. I have another topic. One last one, quick one. Shoot, shoot. So, some some kid got arrested. Some young man got arrested at I think it was the Dallas or Atlanta show. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But like, I don't get why the hobby necessarily does this, and I think he should be punished. But like every single account just about has like posted photos or videos of this young man getting arrested for stealing. Uh, we, we, we're, we put people on blast so quickly uh, in the hobby, I've noticed. Yeah, we do. That's what we do. People get put on blast. Meanwhile, I think he stole a one-on-one and then came back the next day and tried to sell it. It was beyond stupid on, on both fronts. You shouldn't steal, but like, why would you come back to the show? Uh, just to me, it's so quick. Like, we're looking for content. Pages are looking for content. And it's like this, everyone, like you would scroll down. There was videos of this guy stealing. It's like, all right, I get it. Listen, If you're, if you're doing it to so people watch out and never do a deal with this guy, okay. But what are you really doing? Like you're actually kind of incentivizing someone else to do it and become Instagram like notorious. Like, no, really? You think you think people are gonna steal because they think they're gonna become famous by being posted by hobby accounts? No, but I think the reverse is also true. I don't think the accounts that are posting about this guy are necessarily trying to protect the hobby. I think they're just trying to get a bunch of quick likes and comments. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, listen. This. I will give everybody a little, a little altruism here. I'm going to give everybody a pass and just assume that, that everybody here wants to make sure we all know two things. One, don't deal with this dude. And two, more importantly, there are a lot of people going to the show this year who it's their first time at the show. And you took security pretty seriously, right? You, you, you were talking about putting that tile, which I did look up, by the way. Um, my kids have them in their backpacks now on the way to camp. So and they have no idea. So the tile. Is, is that, you bought it? since? Oh, yeah. since yeah, man. Right. You, you, listen, I, I make fun of you, but you have some very good ideas. I'm allowed to say this. I'll, I'll say it. We're recording. It's on the air. It's here. It's forever going to be out there. You have some good ideas. You have some 
stinkers, but you have some good ideas too. That was, you know, that was an interesting one. So, but point being, you are concerned about people who are going to the national. And obviously what these people are pointing out is there are some bad actors out there, right? And people who will go to some extreme lengths, right? I mean, you know, you're wearing your, your awesome PSA backpack when they used to give those out, when they still had the collector's club, when they actually still graded cards, when they were open. You guys remember way back then when PSA was actually open, um, you know, People can unzip those backpacks when you're not looking, you know? Be careful with your PSA backpack, you know? It gets unzipped. That's no good. Uh, but truth being, I'm going to tell every, I'm going to give everybody a pass and just assume that people are just saying, look out, whether you're a dealer, people are going to swipe stuff off your table. I mean, every LCS I go to tells me stories about somebody came in and tried to steal packs off their table. Somebody come in and tried to steal an adult, a grown man tried to steal packs. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, you caught him, what'd you do? I told him he's not allowed in my store again. All right, well, thanks for not calling the cops on him. That was nice of you, I guess. But, you know, I mean, I'm going to, again, I'm going to give everybody a pass. That's what I'm going to do. You don't want to give him a pass? That's fine. Now you want to talk about some fun content? Lameen James has really turned up the fun content. Right, somebody sent him. Now it's awesome when you are the top of the, uh, top of the ladder on these memes. Did you see the one that he has, uh, uh, the, the patch? He's like, the perfect card doesn't exist. And he stops. It was a South Carolina Gamecocks patch. So yes. college football. Yeah. <laughs> but they left the word game out of the patch. <laughs> so the swatch was just Cox. I mean, like, come on now. And then the other one called Simp. 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 Yes. Yeah, Do you know what a Simp is? No. I have no idea. Can you explain it to me? <laughs> Please. The way I understand it is um, like there's a lot of like women, really beautiful women influencers out there who post photos of them in like bikinis and looking hella good. And uh, there's just men in the, in the comments like, marry me. Oh, like, oh, or, these are the best ones. These crack me up. Or like, um, I can't wait to get my Lamborghini back uh, from the from the auto body shop. Or uh, like just hilarious ones where they're like trying, like young men are trying to get attention of, of the Instagram doesn't it just mean? Doesn't it just mean to suck up? Like you're you're trying to do way too much for someone, you know? Like you're trying too hard, and now simp like simping is like sucking up, schmoozing. You know, I guess pining over romantic interests probably part of it for you as well. Um, I just thought we were talking about simple Jack, but no, it's okay. <laughs> simp, it's like a simple. Everything simple. comes back to movies with you, huh? It is. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does. It definitely does. You can't do simple Jack though because you can't go full. That's the key. All right, Indiana Jones was a movie someone posted in our in our chat today. A picture of a scene from from the movie, and I had no idea what was going on. Indiana Jones was four movies, and you didn't know what it was. Yeah, he, there were four Indiana Jones movies. The Crystal Skull, we can kind of forget about. Temple of Doom, fantastic, fantastic. The Last Crusade, also very good. But the movie. That, that picture was from in one of our groups was the Raiders of the Lost Ark. They were putting the Ark away at the end. And people were saying, that's what my basement probably looks like. Because we always talk about all the things that are in my basement. It's pretty funny. The, 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 the Lost Ark is not in my basement. Although it could be. I don't know. There are corners of the basement I haven't seen in a while. Okay. Do you know how like there's like IMDB, Rotten yes. Tomatoes, and like Metacritic? Mm-hmm. And I always find like critics are always way harder on movies than like fans. I've, I always love that. But like, have you ever considered being a critic? Like, no, only of you. No, but you, okay, fine. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever considered reviewing movies? Yeah, sure. And then the fat guy, you know, the fat guy just took my job. You know, I mean, think of how think. Hey, let's watch some movies. We'll get fat, and we'll you know what we'll do. We'll we'll decide whether the movie gets one thumb up or two thumbs up. 
mean, how how did I not think of that first? How did I not think of Siskel and Ebert first? I mean, what a great what a great thing that was. Could would I like to critique movies and be a critic? Sure. Here's the problem with critics and a lot of content people out there in the hobby. Um, you need to probably learn this, right? It's easy to be a critic. Critics one of the easiest things in the world to be, but all they do is tear crap down. They're not actually building anything. And it's it's a much more desirable thing to be to actually try to build something up than to tear it down. And that just got way too serious for a fun Monday episode. Well, well I, I would say some, sometimes it's nice to balance a little bit of the two, right? Yep. 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle applies. 80% building, 20% taking shots and having some fun. Because band friend trash talk is fun. Who's Pareto? The Pareto principle, 80-20 rule. I don't know. What's Pareto? 80% of the value comes from 20% of the employees in, in, in one example. But that breakdown is found in a lot of places in nature. Oh. But, but it was like applied a lot to like workforce, like so 80% like, of your value or 80% of your productivity in a company comes from the 20% of your uh, best employees. So Pareto, would it be like P-A-R-A-D-O? P-A-R-E-T-O. Oh, okay. Because P-A-R-A-D-O, we can bring back to your Spanish lesson. That would be en español, unemployed, Des, <laughs> desempleado. So it, it brings it all back home to you, my friend, the Spanish lesson. Brick by bricks. Learning a language is really challenging because of like when you're losing weight, you could go on the scale every day and you could see that progress, right? Yep, I, yep. I, I did the right things. I did the wrong things. When you're learning a language, you don't really know how it's clicking. Some days it feels like it clicks. Some days you're like, I, I don't even know what's going on. But I mean, so, you're in Mexico, right? You could use it. Like you go to the store and try to buy something. You try to like say, all right, today for the next always. half hour, I'm going to do the best I can just speaking Spanish. Yes, but it's more like in this in this encounter, I'll try to speak in Spanish. Yes. All right. I do that too. But you know what I try to do? I try to sneak the word meow in as many times as I can. You understand what I'm saying, right, meow? Uh, right, meow? I, I think this episode's over. Right, meow? <laughs> no? Are you, are you making – because my sister and I talk like that sometimes. Are you making fun of us? No, not at all. But you obviously haven't seen the movie Super Troopers, which is where she gets it from. Is that really from there? Yeah. We were saying, Mom, can you make me dinner right now? You're joking right now. I swear to God, we've never seen Super Troopers, and we do talk like that around the house. I actually may have to just quit right now. If you're telling the (laughs) truth, if you're telling the truth, and and you're not lying to me right now, then, then, then do I look like a cat to you? Do I drink milk from a saucer? Am I hopping around all hibbity-bibbity? No? You've never seen this. Oh, my God. You have to just do me a favor. Shut this off. Pull up on Netflix or wherever it is, Super Troopers. You could fast forward if you want. Or just go on YouTube and put in put in Super Troopers meow. And you will see it. You will see it. They pull a car over, and it's how many? I think he pulls over. Maybe Jim Gaffigan. Maybe he pulls over like you know, like a, like a a, a comedian. I think, um, and he says the word meow like like fifteen times, and he yeah, or eleven times, something like that. So are you are you pulling it up now? I'm I'm not pulling it up right now. Um, you have to. Your recall on movie quote lines is through the roof. Like I, I'm good at recalling conversations and like things people tell me. I, that actually comes from working at the cafe. Like I would remember something someone would tell me about, you know, their personal life or work or whatever. And I would recall that the next day mm-hmm. um, builds a lot of customer loyalty. Your recall on 
movie on insignificant things on movie <laughs> lines <laughs> is insane. Well, it is Jim Gaffigan. Go look it up. And Luca Nation, this is two today. Right, you guys put in the groups a scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he had no clue. Who'd you, what'd you guess? You guessed it was Back to the Future. He back, well, it was back. And, then I, and then I said, "Click!" Like it looked like the Bed Bath and Beyond scene when he like. Click. So, click. You've seen. I like click. You you've seen the movie Click. That, that left a big impression in my life because what I realized is it, that movie is such a good metaphor. Like we fast forward through life so much, and not literally, but like sometimes we we'll, we look forward to a vacation. And then when we're there, we're not present. Or we look forward to a wedding, but when we're there, we're worried. Or we look forward to a new job, and when we get that new job, we're always kind of thinking about the future and not living in the present. And I was like, that movie left such an impression. I was like, wow, I don't want to fast forward through my life. Like, I want to enjoy the moments as much as I can. Yeah, that was a great analysis of that movie. That was pretty awesome. Well done. And uh, and we're going to leave it there. Go watch Super Troopers. I can't believe you haven't seen that movie. Oh, my God. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.